What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. What's up, good people? I want to thank everyone for coming and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. We're back at it for another week, had another weekend of shooting going on, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. This week in the co-host seat, we have my man, the mad scientist, joining us again. What's up, Dave? Hey, guys. How are you, Mike? It's nice to be here again. <laughs> hey, that's it. That's how we do it. <laughs> All right. So, um... You had an interesting video that you had put up not too long ago, whereas you did a recap of 2019. Oh, uh, yeah. Man, that was, like, awesome to watch. That was pretty fun to watch, man. <laughs> I, I, I spent a lot of time on it. I, I, I wanted it to just be fun. It doesn't – it's nothing really oh, wow. anything else. But I I wanted to just try to make it fun to watch <laughs> So when you actually did that video, for everyone who's not aware of what I'm talking about, um, Dave did a video of his recap of 2019, and it's like a 13-minute long video. And just looking at it, I'm more like, you did a lot of shooting in 2019 and probably didn't even realize you did that much shooting. Uh, it was a lot longer when I first started that video. I, I spent oh, wow. a, few, a few days taking some uh, some editing some stuff out of there but um i did i did shoot a lot um mm. learned a lot shot a right. lot uh had you know fairly good year i think for for my second season of open division um wow. yeah like i said that was that was a good compilation you put there um for everyone um who's interested in that what i will do is in the link i will put um that video in the link so everybody can go to it and check it out and like i said it's a great little video you put together i wish oh. i had the patience to do that but <laughs> well thank you I, I just got it finished and it's 12 days into the new year i started on it around christmas break and uh it took me a little while yeah that's it was nice man that was a very nice way to end up 2019 yeah well thank you i enjoy i enjoyed look, going back and looking at the videos myself i mean that's mainly what i do it for just to, right yeah. just to oh, look over what i've been doing a little bit of self-entertainment going yeah. on right there. yeah <laughs> I, laugh, I laugh at myself a lot yeah i know <laughs> what you mean on that one all right so we're gonna go ahead and push forward and i want to talk about my last match that took place at um mid carolina here in columbia south carolina so what actually ended up taking place was this month, it wasn't a regular match. It was a all-classifier match. So every stage of the match was a classifier, which means that if you listen to past episodes, you always heard me say I came in whatever place out of so many competitors and limited, I came in whatever place out of so many competitors and in C-class, I came in whatever place. And I give an overall percentage of what I did overall and in the limited division. But you can't judge your overall performance on a classifier because it's not really gauged as being fair because someone who's going for grandmaster, they pretty much got to go hero or zero or, as we always say, pedal to the floor. 
Whereas I had a little bit of wiggle room just trying to make it to B class, you know, so it's not a fair competition to even look at it along those um, phrases, as I guess you can say. But um, what I did do, Dave, was out of the six stages, you know, after looking at them and all, I figured two of those stages out of the six, mm-hmm. I knew for a fact I can get B a B rating out of those two out of the six. And that's what actually ended up taking place. I ended up getting a um, B class on two of them. And one of them was 1805, classifier 1805. Okay. Um, now, that's the one, whereas I, I want to say that's a new one. Like earlier in the year, it was new, but, you know, still considered new for the year. And it has like the two on the far, on the outside, left and right, on the outside of the shooting area. And then you got to do, um, you, know, you got to shoot three targets, do a mandatory reload, and then shoot the remaining targets as you go up to the the boundary line of that shooting box. Yeah, and there are two there are two walls, a wall on either side. At Correct. The end of, and it's yeah, that was yeah. one from Nationals last year or twenty eighteen, I believe. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's a new one. Yeah. So I actually put together a video of like the first time I ran that one and then the third time i did it because this is like my fourth or fifth time running this classifier and um it's a fun one it's it really is yeah fun, it is know? fun um when we was out there i was you know telling beverly that you can run that three different ways four different ways and she chose one of the ways to run it and she did pretty good on it i don't think she did as good as she wanted to but you know she did fairly good on it but I ended up shooting this one the first time I shot it and I activated the safety and didn't even realize I activated the safety till it was time to pull the trigger. Oh then, no. Yeah. So I went ahead and did a reshoot of it. And um, when I did the reshoot, um, I did very good on it because um, John, he was even commenting on it. He was like combined score. That was well under 15 seconds. Cause you know, it was a two string classifier. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know, so on that one, I got 11, 11 A's, five Charlies, and total combined time um, was fourteen thirty-one. That was the first time I did it. But now, what I did um, the second time, because I did a reshoot on it, and it bought it lower, and I ended up getting like a seven-one hit factor. That was with the safety off. Yeah, with the safety off on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I said, it everything flowed well. It felt good. So, um, but I went into that with a lot of confidence. But the rest of them were, um, you know, once again, you had your strong hand, weak hand. And, of course, the higher up you go up the chain to try to move up, that time is very sensitive and it's crunched in. So, but like I said, overall, it was fun. Good. I'm glad that uh, you had a good experience this time around. Oh, yeah. Last last couple of them didn't sound too great. Nah, no. Nah, honestly speaking, as much as I love to shoot, I should not have went and done that um, classifier match that was in Charleston a couple weeks ago. Um, I won't say, well, it did kind of mess me up, you know, because I ended up getting three of them, but it wasn't as high as I wanted it to be you know, to help me out. Mm -hmm. But like 
the last time we had our conversation, I expressed I had a lot of stuff on my mind, you know, personal stuff on my mind as well. Yeah. And I think I was more focused on the personal versus the shooting. You know, regardless of how much I can take it and push it to the side, it just didn't work out for me that night. Yeah. Well, it happens. Yeah, it does. But best part about it is, like I said, you know, we we live to shoot another day. And once again, it was another classifier um, match this month, you know, being at Mid-Carolina. And I think I'm just going to sit back now and just hold off on a couple classifier matches. Um, you got to be getting close now. Yeah, but I, Charleston kind of messed me up, you know, so the scores haven't been put in yet, but hopefully they'll hold off on it. If they hold off on it, I got it. But okay, if they submit it, yeah, I was just going to push me back a little bit, you know, so, but either way, like I said, it's just, I know what to do and how to get it back up there. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it one match at a time instead of jumping on the classifier. And then um, hopefully I get um, lucky enough when I'm shooting like a level two match to possibly get bumped up, you know, and hopefully I can hang with all the A-class shooters in a level two match and that might push me up to B class. You know, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You'll get a, uh, a percentage um, score that'll count as a classifier that way. Yeah. So um, like I said, overall there, there's options there and I'm just trying to work out the best thing that'll work out, you know, in a sense of speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, also I wanted to ask you this outside of um, what I've done, you know, you know, the, reevaluation of what I've done. I just wanted to ask you, how important is draw fire to you? Um, well, just coming off of your classifier match, um, dry fire is extremely important. All this, just about all the skills that you were using at that classifier match can be practiced at home and dry fire for free. Um, as long as you want, you know, in the comfort of your own home, you're, you're doing all these drills that, that directly relate to the classifiers, the, the, the draws, the transitions, the trigger control, the reloads, um, your strong hand, your weak hand transition, stuff like that. Everything can be practiced in dry fire. Um, I, I dry fire, um, every morning during the week, mm-hmm. I try to, also get up and just dry fire a little bit before the matches on the weekend just to get, you know, not just so I have the gun in my hand a little bit before I get to the match. Right. Um, but, man, there's so there's so much you can do with dry fire. Um, you don't have to go, you know, shoot a thousand live fire rounds a week um, to make progression. Um, you know, if, if I could, I would, but it's uh, – um, it just it's kind of a supplement supplemental practice that um you can really benefit from yeah um now what i do is you know since the new year one of my resolutions that i made for myself was to actually do dry fire a minimum of two times a day so when i wake up i do dry fire and then um at the end of the evening i'll do another session of dry fire now, if it's a day when I don't have much going on, I will do like a lunchtime dry fire as well. Um, and the other thing, what I started doing was um, movement in my garage. So, you know, mm-hmm. like 
drawing, pulling my gun out the holster and moving left and right, you know, in the garage. So. Oh yeah. You, you can work all, all kinds of movement drills, you know, if you have enough room. Right. Um, I try to, I do in the morning, I do mostly stationary static dry fire with a little bit of movement. Cause I'm, I'm in, you know, a small room in the back of the house. I have uh target set up there, um, scaled down targets that I dry fire with in the morning. And in the afternoon, I, I get out in the backyard with full size targets and um, do a lot more movement drills and uh, things like that with, with uh, you know, dry fire. Yeah. And actually, you know, I do find dry fire fun. And when you explain it to somebody, of course, it sounds pretty boring, but if you're into the sport like we are, you know, who, you know, go out there and compete as much as we can, um, it's almost a little bit of challenging to yourself, you know, like you're challenging yourself within dry fire. Oh, it, it definitely is challenging. And it, it's nice to, um, I, I mentioned on, on one of our podcasts earlier, how I like to keep a, uh, kind of a logbook of, of times on certain specific drills and things I've been working on. I like, you know, being able to go back and look at uh, improvements and watching these times, uh, you know, get whittled down lower and lower. And uh, it's rewarding and challenging and very helpful for your, for your shooting. Yeah. I think um, at first when I was doing a lot of draw fire, I stopped once I started, like feeling myself that's the term i'm going to use you know so like being overconfident and then i once i stopped dry firing i noticed how my shooting kind of went down started back dry firing again it picked back up but once again i was feeling myself again went down again <laughs> so yeah. ever, ever since that second slump that was around about the october time frame i was like okay i'm just gonna stick with it so I'm, i make it a point you know back then to do at least one session a day now you know going into the new year i said i was going to do at least a minimum of two so that's when i wake up once before i go to bed that's it sounds ambitious i like it how much um what's your time time period that you spend on each dry fire session about uh, about between 15 and 30 minutes depending on what i have going on for that day so if i have to get out of the house early in the morning that will be like a 15 minute session but if I have nothing going on in the morning, whereas I'm just going to the gym, that that's going to be a 30 minute session. I think, um, you know, and that's plenty of time. It doesn't sound like much, but if you if you're doing it every day, mm-hmm. um, just just having the gun in your hand every day, just you know, working some reloads and draws, just becoming more and more accustomed to having that gun in your hand. And, 15 minutes a day will make a difference. I hear, you know, some people will do it for an hour, two hours a day. I can't do it that long, but any, any little bit helps. Yeah. I don't think I can go two hours in one session. No, I can't. <laughs> I start messing myself up. That's a lot. <laughs> but um, one thing I can say though, is um, by doing that, a lot of stuff, it's just second nature. And if you was to ask me like after how did I do, what did I do? Honestly, my answer would be, I don't know because it's, I'm just letting my subconscious take over. Right. That's, and that's what, that's where the dry fire gets you. It gets you to that point with all your basic gun handling skills. It it makes everything subconscious. You don't have to think about it anymore. 
you you think about moving through a stage or or uh, you know whatever you have to do to yeah. complete that stage or classifier or whatever it is you're shooting. Yep. So like I said, it's it's all in fun. Um, I encourage everybody who's wants to get into competition shooting, um, figure out what you want to work on and incorporate it into a draw fire session. And then you'll see yourself improving over the course of that time from when you started to a month later. So what's next for Dave? What you got going on? Well, I came back from a bit of a disappointing match at the, um, uh, was a GTR swamp challenge. Um, so I had to lick my wounds from that one. And this weekend I'm heading down to the Florida state championship, going back to Florida again, going to try my luck down there again. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you know, um, from what we talked about, um, the last one you said, I was still impressed with it, you know, with your placement, even after you didn't do like two stages. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, that's still kind of impressive because it sounded like you had a, a good run going on, you know? I did for a while, um, and then I had a squib on the next to last stage and just caused me to zero that stage. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't even feel like shooting the last stage, man. I just went home. I left early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That time I had a squib um, during a match in Spartanburg, I know that same feeling because right after that happened, I was like, I just want to leave now. <laughs> yeah, there's no point in shooting the last stage anymore. Yeah. So the Florida Open is the one you're going to bring home the the title with. Well, Florida Open is next month. This is the Florida State Championship. Oh, the Florida State. My bad. I had it yeah, back. that's right. I'm shooting both of them. Oh, but, okay. um, so this one, you're going to go ahead and bring that in. Yeah, I'm going to bring this one home. I'm going to do my best, man. I hope. Yeah, that's it right there. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and continue with the M-W Tactical Podcast. And everybody stay in your seats. If you're in your vehicles, just buckle up, turn it up, and listen to these commercials. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially with concealed carry. The Gun Cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another. And you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there. Order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing to Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So. Check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Woodland from m-wtactical.com and co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. We are reaching out to ask everyone that is in earshot to help us raise money to put four law enforcement officers in jiu-jitsu training for a year. 
We are looking to raise the money two ways. First, if you live in the state of South Carolina and want to get your concealed weapons permit, the instructor fee will go towards the campaign. The second way is you can donate $50 to GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training. The goal is to raise $4,000. Again, we are looking to get 80 people to help contribute $50 to put four law enforcement officers through jiu-jitsu training for a year. This act will be presented in the name of the 2A community. Now we're going to go ahead and jump into a little bit of word on the 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 We encourage everyone to go out and do some training with your firearm and get familiar with it and what you feel you need to work on to get better with it. For those of us who are in the competition, please share the information of your club or the shooting event in your area so we can share the message. This weekend, if you are in South Carolina, Registration is open for those who are interested in doing some USPSA action in Augusta, Georgia at CSRA Shooters. Sign up is on practice score and look up CSRA for the match while space is still available. If you would like for me and the crew to come out and shoot a USPSA match with you, email us at info at m-wtactical.com and let's plan it out. If you are one who is looking for a level two match, Battle at the Beach is still open. If you are interested and still on the fence for signing up for Battle at the Beach, there are currently 17 slots for Friday p.m. available. Get in before all slots are gone, then you have to wait till next year. The following are the current sponsors for Battle at the Beach. Red Hill Tactical, Red Stitch Targets, The Blue Bullets, Akai Custom Firearms, Hunters HD Gold, who is also sponsoring two stages. Outdoor Dynamics. Lucky Shot Firearms. Dunham Smithing. Law Offices of McLeod Ruffner. Premier. Shooters Connection. And Lead Star Arms. Visit www.lowcountryuspsa.com for more information. We are looking to make a big push between now and March 1st to reach the $4,000 goal for the LEO campaign. If you find it in your heart, please share our campaign with others so we can get the remainder of the law enforcement officers into jiu-jitsu training this year. Visit gofundme.com forward slash LEO training and help us raise money to put some law enforcement officers into jiu-jitsu training for a year at no cost to them or the department. Thanks for the contributions already given. We raised $1,800 of the $4,000 total. For 2020, we are asking everyone to help us raise the remaining funds by March 1st so we can get these officers into training. Again, visit GoFundMe.com forward slash LEO training and donate to our campaign. Everyone who donates will get recognized on social media, but if you donate $50 or more, you will get a video shout out personally thanking you. Visit gofundme.com forward slash LEO training. Kevin Dixie is hosting his second annual Teach and Learn event. It's a three-day event taking place on Memorial Day weekend, 22 through 24 May in Lettington, Missouri, 
for those who are looking to become more involved in the shooting industry in some way. For those interested, you can sign up by going to eventbrite.com and searching NOC Second Annual Train and Learn Event. We are bringing Steve Anderson from andersonshooting.com to Columbia, South Carolina, 9 through 10 April. The class will take place on a Thursday and Friday. Then that Saturday, 11 April, there is a USPSA match at the same range. By taking this class and doing the match, you can get coached by Steve Anderson himself. For those wanting to sign up for this class, head on over to the M-W Tactical Facebook page, click on Events, and just click on the links in the description. Or go to the M-W Tactical Instagram page and click on the link in the bio that will direct you to the registration page. There is only one spot left for this class. The gun cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com hey this is brian conley at hunters hd gold if you've never tried hunters hd gold then i challenge you to find me at a match next year go to the website under scheduled events find out where i'm going to be come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. This week, we're going to have a discussion with Nancy Grunnett from Augusta, Georgia. She is a competition shooter and very active in her area within the gun community. If you ever heard me talk about the organization, A Girl and a Gun, then we're going to hear how to find out more about their calls from her. Check out this conversation with Nancy. All right, good people. We're back with the M-W Tactical Podcast. And today I have a competition shooter who is very active in the community, but at the same time, someone who I enjoy shooting with and want to just talk with and share her story and experience within the shooting realm with everybody that's out in Podcastville. Today, I have Nancy Grunnett out of Augusta, Georgia. How are you doing today, Nancy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Like I said, um, there's a lot of people in the shooting community I want to bring on to the podcast, but I was just waiting on that moment where I could see you and be like, hey, let's get you on the podcast. But every time I'm at a competition with you, I'm so focused on thinking about shooting. I forgot to ask you. <laughs> so, I get it. I yeah. get it. So uh, I yeah, to... you bring on like a bunch of people. I, we have a, We have a lot of characters out there. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, the podcast is only for I only do eighteen shows a season. So for the first season, I think I did like sixteen show, um, shows or fifteen shows, uh-huh. and then this time around, we decided to do eighteen shows. Okay. So, um, I wanted to bring on a lot more children, but it didn't work out how I wanted it to work out. So. I'm spreading the wealth amongst everybody. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, you do work within the two-way community with an organization called A Girl and a Gun. Mm-hmm. And you're also a competition shooter. Is there anything else you do um, within the two-way community that is a reflection of your humble character? I think that's enough. <laughs> okay. Enough to keep you busy at least, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Be- go ahead. As I was gonna say, between, I mean, I'm doing matches every every uh, weekend, whether it be USPSA or Steel Challenge. And mm-hmm. and then gun, we meet twice a month. I'm the facilitator for our local Aiken chapter and um, work full time. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you got a, a plate full off the rip. <laughs> I stay pretty busy. All right. So, now, Let's do this. I want you to tell everybody who is Nancy Grunet. <laughs> um, interesting question. Uh, I am just a uh, this, and this is one of the reasons why I really have gotten addicted to the shooting sports is because I am just a fifty-year-old office worker. Yeah, you know, all of my life working on my career, and then I got through a girl and a gun. I uh, introduced to the shooting sports, and it's like wow, here's a whole nother thing. We were talking earlier about how the shooting sports will just compel you to be competitive and improve yourself and get out there and try harder and increase your classification. And um, it's just so rewarding. So it's really kind of woken up something in me that I, that's been asleep, you know, for a while, just when you focus on your career, one day turns in the next. And then before you know, 10 years goes by, whereas this has been really like a real charge for me in my life. So that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. So let me ask you this off of that question. Uh-huh. So you know, like how when people do um, any form of exercise, like they go to the gym and they ride bikes on a group of people or they do jujitsu, karate, or boxing, mm-hmm. their confidence goes up. Yes. Have you noticed like your confidence went up since you started shooting competition? Oh, awesome question. And the answer is hands down, yes. Hmm. What I do for a living uh, is uh, I'm a trainer in the, the business world. I, I train people on manager, supervisor skills, leadership skills, that kind of stuff. So I'm oftentimes, well, obviously up in front of people speaking. And, you know, I don't care how long you've been doing it before you speak in front of audience, you still get weak in the knees and, you know, dry mouth and all that it just is, it's adrenaline. And I remember shooting my first match ever. Um, I had just learned how to shoot. I've been maybe shooting, it was just Recently, I probably in the last four or five years of my life did I learn how to shoot at all. So my first match, I'm a new shooter, and also it's my first match. Adrenaline was going through the roof. My hands are literally shaking, uh, knees shaking. All I could do just get through it. And afterwards, I remember thinking, man, if I could do that, I could do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that kind of that feeling grows. You know, the more you can do, the better you see yourself uh, become as a shooter. Uh, it definitely builds on your confidence. Absolutely. Uh, and they meet a whole wide variety of people that, you know, uh, just charge me too. 
Like you were saying, you like to have our local shooting community folks come on your podcast. Yeah, everybody's so cool. Everybody's so fun. That's another thing I love about the shooting community. Just good people. Yeah, that's it right there. And yeah. there's enough good people across the nation that does the whole shooting sports also. So I want to get out there and just talk and shoot with as many people as I can, because every time you shoot it is a learning lesson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. So now you also do shoot still challenge competitions mm -hmm. and you shoot USPSA. Yes. So what interests you about both still challenge and USPSA? Um, USPSA challenges me in every regard. Um, I mean, as you know, mentally, you've got to have that focused. You've got to have that, uh, you know, just tune everything all out and memorize that stage and then be able to perform. Uh, and also, of course, it challenges you physically, um, as you know. Um, and then I got into Steel Challenge <clears throat> just because I wanted to try it. Actually, I, you know, as a new shooter, I would recommend Steel Challenge first before you get into USA, USA, USPSA because there's no moving. You know, you're just standing stationary and shooting. And I quickly saw the value of that uh, is it's all about transitions. You're transitioning from one steel plate to the next and you have to do it very quickly. And so you learn how to transition with your eyes. You learn how to transition with your body. And of course, as you know, that's really applicable in USPSA. Mm -hmm. um, and then as, as I got doing um, Steel Challenge, I, it, because there's no movement, because you don't have to memorize a, a stage, it's just so much more, um, it's almost easier in a way. It's, there's more freedom just to show up and shoot. And so you can really, you know, shoot the breeze with your squad members, have fun, cut up. You don't have to think about much and then get up there and just burn it down. And uh, so it's kind of like almost like a, a, a breather, a break um, from the intensity of USPSA. But you're also utilizing your skills. Um, that's why I like it. I got you on that. Um, I'm a firm believer in this also that if you shoot steel challenge, it's going to make you a faster shooter when oh, yeah. you do USPSA. You do. You have to. I mean, no, make no mistake. I'm, I'm talking about it. It might be a little easier, but you've got to push that speed. You've got to push it. Right. Um, you've got to react. There's you've got to react even to this, the, the buzzer um, immediately. You know, most of your time is 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 lost at, between the time that that buzzer goes off and you're first on target. Um, you've got to just react and then push, uh, which can be really hard. I recently started shooting PCC. Uh, and boy, I found myself after the fist string kind of breaking a sweat a little bit and you're not doing anything, but just standing still, you know, but I'm pushing it. So, um, what PCC, how, yeah. how, and why, let me ask you that. <laughs> I love that laugh. I love that laugh. All right. Uh, I'm with you. Um, and for those of you who don't know, USPSA is a pistol sport, <clears throat> right? Um, <laughs> So I went to a girl and a gun uh, fall fest and which is uh, an event they hold once a year in, in Tennessee. And I shot, they have a, they call it a multi-sport challenge. And um, in short, I won a build kit off the prize table. And, and so and it was PCC build kit. That's just what I won from shooting that, that, uh, that uh, multi-sport challenge. And uh, so I thought, shoot, why not? So I put it together and I, uh, shot it and like, hey, this is kind of fun. <laughs> but in the USPSA match, uh-uh. Uh, so I started shooting it in Steel Challenge. And then my gun went down. So I thought, why not? I'll 
we had that classifier, I guess, a couple of weeks ago at MCRC. And I thought, well, why not? I'll take it and I'll get classified. Well, my gun's, gun's being worked on. Uh, the Kraken was being worked on. Right. <laughs> the Kraken is back. I think I'm going to shoot PCC this weekend uh, and then go back to uh, uh, shooting pistol. So. Oh, I got you. Um... It's kind of fun to shoot. It, you know, it is fun. Well, me and Tom Powers, we was talking about PCC, and um, I expressed to him I want to try PCC, but I don't want to be one of those people that I shoot limited this weekend, production next weekend. Um, I look at it more like I want to master yeah. one division before I move to another division. So I don't yeah. want to be flip-flopping and jumping around like that. Um, yeah. But I think when you're training really hard and you um, get to a point where you might be getting burnt out, I think it'd be something to, you know, show up with and just have fun and kind of blow off some steam, get a little break. Um, if you're really going to, you know, push hard with a particular other, you know, division. Yeah. See, my way of thinking about that is. You're probably hating on us for talking about it like this right now. But. No, 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 no. It's, it's not a hate because, like I said, I do want to do PCC. Um, I it's fun. Yeah, I understand it. And because of the fact, like I talk to other people and I told them PCC will go good for people in the military. Oh, you know, sure. Yeah, especially right. like in the infantry unit because yeah. you're entering and clearing buildings, you know, with a rifle, mm -hmm. you know, um, you're pulling security with your rifle, right? You're moving with the rifle, right? You're shooting on the move with the rifle. So everything you look at, it can go hand in hand with training, you know, an infantry squad or a team with PCC. Yep, those gun handling skills are there already. Right. Yeah. And then Tom even said it. He was like, I bet if you do PCC, you will be a whole lot faster with that because you understand the complexity Absolutely. and everything with it. And I was like, yeah, I'm willing to give it a try. So, And I think I was telling you this. There is some complexity. Um, when I started shooting a steel challenge, you're just standing stationary and shooting at a plate. And right. so I quickly made B-class. Like, I think I'd made B-class my first day. Um, then I tried to do a classification match, classifier match at USPSA, and I just made C. Because that surprised me how much those gun handling skills come into play. Right. Doing reloads, um, shooting on the mood, doing off, you know, off-shoulder shooting. I put it on my left side and couldn't find the dot, you know, and I'm playing with my head. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find the thing, you know. So, um, yeah. So, if you have those gun handling skills, that that kicks you up a big notch. Yeah, and like I said, um, maybe yeah. this summer you might see me dabble with it one or sure. two matches. <laughs> yeah, know? and we'll give you a hard time when you do. <laughs> you know, it's just the territory that goes with it. But <laughs> I, I don't own a PCC yet, but um, I plan on getting one um, maybe next year sometime. Yeah. But at the same time, Tom did extend the offer to me. He said that I can use his PCC anytime I want it. So, you know, oh, yeah. Tom Powers for allowing me to do that with his okay. um, rifle. So very generous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something to think about. All right. So now we know you do limited and mm -hmm. you do PCC. Okay. So <laughs> we understand a little bit more of why you do PCC, but why do you do limited? Why do I do limited? Um, <clears throat> I think I mentioned earlier, I 
brand new shooter, only been shooting about four or five years. And I show up my first match with what I had, which was a Glock. And I didn't know, understand the divisions. And this is how ignorant I was. Um, I signed up under production because I thought the Glock was a production made gun. I mean, you know, that's, that's the only reason why, you know, I, I didn't understand anything. Um, and, and that's, that's the case, but, um, uh, Dewey Hudson, I'm sure you've shot with Dewey before. He's a local right. master, uh, shooter. Uh, he said, why don't you sign up under limited? Because then you have more rounds, you have more capacity. You, you know, you're not limited to just 10 rounds. And that is why. Uh, and so I just hung in there. Then one day somebody said, well, you know, why don't you get a metal gun, get away from the, the polymer gun. And so somebody let me try, actually, here comes a girl in a gun in, again in my life. I went to a conference uh, and the SDI is a sponsor of a girl in a gun and they had a, a vendor booth up and you could try anything you wanted. And I picked up that DVC limit and I went, oh, this is my Ferrari. I've got a Ferrari right now and I want a Ferrari one day. And uh, so uh, for my 50th birthday, I, I uh, Clark Smith. Happened, he was another local shooter, happened to be selling his, and my husband bought it for me for my birthday. Um, and uh, that's a, your classic limited gun right there, you know, SDI limited. So, <clears throat> yeah, fell into it because somebody told me that was a great place to start, and they were right, and I'm still there, and I love it. It's hard division to compete in uh, because it's such a popular division. Um, right. Okay. Um, you know, I am where I'm at, and uh, uh if I put in the work, then I'll go where I go. It's hey, all in the work, isn't it? Hey, that's it right there. And like you said, <laughs> um, the limited division is like, I won't say it's overcrowded, but there's a lot of people in it. Yeah. So any achievements you make in there, even if you're inching, yep. kudos because you didn't quit. You're still pushing along and everything like that. Yeah. All right. So now, when did you start shooting and how did competition come on for you? Uh, through a girl and a gun. Uh, back in the day in, in the Aiken area, there was a, a, a gun range called the Gun Rack. It was an indoor gun range. And they started a local chapter. There was a, a woman by the name of Jordan Blake, uh, awesome individual, who headed up this girl and a gun chapter. Girl and a gun is a national uh, organization. And so she started the local Aiken chapter. And somebody called me and said, hey, they had a girls night out. You want to go to this thing? Uh, you can, you know, shoot at a gun range and I was like, okay, my, my husband taught me to shoot when we were dating, but I hadn't even picked up a gun since then. Just thing in my life. Again, I was focused on my, my career. So I went and it was a blast. It was all women. We were having this girls night out and Jordan kind of looked at me and she's like, uh, you're natural. And of course, you know, your head gets all big and you grin up your ears. Why don't you come out with me? I'm going to this competition match at Pine Tucky. And so I went and I was blown away. Like, what is this? This is awesome. You know, uh, she looked like a badass. She was a badass. I wanted to be a badass. Uh, and then coincidentally, I think right after that, US or uh, Pine Tucky was having an um, uh, intro to competition class. And so I signed up for that. And that's all she wrote. I mean, it just rolled from there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So now tell, tell me a little bit more about a girl in a gun, who, what, when, why, where? Yeah. Um, again, it's an, or it's a national organization and our whole purpose is just to get women introduced to the world of shooting and introduced to really good, safe habits. 
and get them uh, addicted and on their way to their path. It's like a stepping stone. It's like an intro stepping stone. Um, I think our average demographic is literally just the woman, just like me. Our average membership is a woman in her 50s, full-time job, interested in getting into whatever, for whatever personal reason, be it personal defense or competition shooting, getting into the world of, of firearms. And so we introduce them. I'm a Gronagon National Certified Instructor and NRA Certified Pistol Instructor. And, and my wheelhouse is just that, that basic first introduction into the world of shooting. Uh, how do you get in it? How do you be safe about it? And then where do you go from there? Uh, and it's fun. It's awesome. I meet all kinds of women. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if anybody wanted to contact you in regards to um, a girl in a gun, because I'm always butchering that name. Yeah, it is a girl. I'll keep calling it a gun and a girl. <laughs> but a girl and a gun. How would they reach out to you in regards to that? Well, if it's a local person, like, for example, we have a lot of probably uh, local competition shooters listening. You know, uh, if you're interested or your wives or girlfriends or you even want to send your daughters interested, just look up. Probably Facebook is the best way. Um, a girl and a gun has a national website and we have a local um, Facebook chapter, um, but you have to be, you know, um, you have to ask permission to get in that local Facebook chapter. But yeah, they can hook me up, uh, mess, instant message me, talk to me, call me. Yeah. All right. Because it was one day I was at um, Shooters in Augusta, the outdoor range. Uh -huh. And I was listening to the group talk to a, a couple women. And I didn't stay for the whole thing, but from what I heard, I was like, that's really interesting how they had that, you know, started and everything to bring people in. Um, because I'm a firm believer, like a lot of people who I instructed in the past, I felt like a lot of the women were more intimidated by me being a man, but I wasn't trying to impose like, oh, you must do it like this. And, you know, yeah. because, you know, being a drill sergeant, I know how to look at somebody and, okay, if this doesn't work for you, let's try it like this, but we're going to get the same result. Yeah. You know, and it will literally take me about 30 to 45 minutes to break down a wall for a female to feel comfortable with me if she's coming in with that wall up. Versus yeah. As you, it's going to start as soon as you be like, hi, my name is Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because. You know, um, we're all women. We understand one another. Now, there's this sisterhood, almost kind of community kind of culture. Right. But also, like you've kind of hinted at it, hinted at it too. You found when you instruct females, uh, as you know, men and women learn differently. And, and a, a man might, and again, I'm speaking in generalities, but a man might pick up a gun and say, oh, how does this work? Because he wants to get to operating it. Mm -hmm. I might pick up a gun and say, oh, how does this work? because she wants to understand it first, because in the understanding, then she can have a little bit more confidence, then she can begin to operate it. So we kind of take a whole different tack. I mean, our, we have an orientation. Um, one of the things to become a member, you must go through the orientation and we spend two hours you know, in the classroom before you even get to the range. And a lot of it's just understanding the mechanics, picking up a gun, feeling it, seeing how it works, this does that, because that's how women like to, to approach things. They want to understand it first, get comfortable with it, get confident with it, and then let's operate it. So we have a, we have that kind of uh, pathway to learning, uh, which I think um, 
works, works well for us. So basically what you're telling me is, is that you're faulting me for looking at the picture on the box and like, I don't need to read the instructions. Yeah, you're saying you're cool reading the instructions. <laughs> hey, what's that? Men are from Mars, women from Venus, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now here's a question uh-huh. that's going to put you in the hot seat because, okay. like I said, Shooting in the Columbia area, you pretty much frequent all the ranges I frequent, right? mm-hmm. and you probably frequent a little bit more, you know. But this question right here might put you in the hot seat when somebody sees you, especially if they listen to the podcast. Oh, geez. All right. What are your top five ranges with five being the least and one being the better? starting off with number five? Um, hmm. Boy, that's so hard to answer because they're all just different. Exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think, and they all have a different kind of feel to them. Um, the ranges that I would be put in my top five uh, and, <laughs> um, and sometimes they compete for my time because some of their matches ha- are on the same are held on the same weekend. All really I have is weekends, but um, boy, uh, Mid Carolina is an awesome range. Pine Tucky is an off- off- awesome range. Um, Sharpshooters is an awesome range. I like Charleston. I haven't been back there since they've done they've done a lot of renovation and. Um, you will be surprised once you yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been back since they've they've done that, uh, and then Spartanburg. So that's really kind of just my my of the shooting sports. Um, I, they're just different. They're just different. I like them all. I like them all. And it's the people, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's the people. I would have to say um, Spartanburg's probably the toughest. Um, they that are pretty tough. See, like if you was to ask me that same question, it would have to be in two categories, because like I said, there are certain ranges I really enjoy shooting at. But now, if I have to put it in a category for competition-wise, now that order is going to change. True. And then, because, for instance, for me, I think it's more competition at Spartanburg than any range around the area. Yeah. But I believe if you go to um, Low Country down in Myrtle Beach, those stages are more technical and I don't know what Nero thinks of when he wakes up in the morning when he starts designing <laughs> stages, but those are some good stages, and it really pushes you to think outside of the box. Yes, you know, and be accurate with your shooting. <laughs> yeah, but then you can go to CSRA, and it's a sweet median because yes. now you're in between Spartanburg and Mid Carolina, and Low Country and Charleston. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Some of that's due to like the the orientation and size of the bays. Like, you know, at sharpshooters, most of those bays are pretty, pretty small and short. So you get nice hoser stages. Um, You might have to make them a little bit more difficult by adding some technical components. But, um, you know, versus Pine Tucky, those bays are nice and long. You can get some long distance shots uh, in there. So, yeah, they all just have a different feel. But yeah, there's some heat there at Spartanburg. And I think there's some heat everywhere. Um, MCRC has some heat for sure. 
Yeah. Um, I still think Spartanburg is the one where the competition really comes. I would so, agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I, I still believe that. Um, and like I said, I, just being competitive, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so you got to yeah. go up there and like stake out your claim. and. Well, you know, um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was the beginning of the month, when we went to Spartanburg, I was riding with my buddy. He doesn't want to be named, but I dubbed him the Taco Commander for King Taco. <laughs> we all know who that uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, like he and I was riding up there together, and we were talking, you know, because um, you know he's a B class shooter, and he's very accurate. And you know, he was talking about, you know, like I'm on his heels, all this and that. And make a long story short, we was going back and forth at that match, but it, healthy competition and talking smack to each other. And I ended up pulling out ahead of him by one second. <laughs> you know? So, um, one second. Oh. Yeah. So now here's where it gets difficult. Um, when we left the match Saturday, I ended up taking first place. Then by Wednesday, it was a correction, and then I ended up taking second place. No. Yeah. So it was, it was a guy there who was an open shooter. You um, can look at him and tell he was an open shooter, but he was shooting limited. Okay. And, um, of course, we was on the same squad, and I'm looking at this guy. I was like, man, this guy's awesome, right? But when we, after the, um, the results came out, you're looking at it and everything. He was registered as open, but shooting limited. And then that Wednesday, they did the correction. Yeah. And he actually you were robbed. You were robbed. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still claiming first place on that. There you go. <laughs> Nobody's taking that from me. I don't care what it says. There you go. <laughs> I got pictures to prove it. <laughs> All right. So um, is there anything else you want to share with the people about you shooting competition, a girl and a gun, or anything else you're a part of? No, just uh, come on out. And, and, and if you uh, have any question about a girl and a gun, you know, give me a call. I'd love to talk with you about it. It's a great organization. Um, and uh, if you want to start competition shooting, come on out. I recommend starting in Steel Challenge. And I'll, you know, squad with you, and we'll have fun. Man, that's awesome right there. So how can the people actually contact and follow you if you would like to share that information? Um, probably best way to get me a hold of me is on Facebook. Um, and uh, just look me up, Nancy Grunet on Facebook, or you can email me. And my email address is E-A-P-N-A-N-C-Y uh, at bellsouth.net. Hey, that's it. So yeah. everybody who's interested, especially ladies out there who are listening if you're a little hesitant now you have a mentor that is willing to take you under yeah. her wings and for the guys yeah uh, your wives girlfriends daughters sisters um yeah send them on over hey that's it right there yeah. again nancy thank you for coming on to the m-w tactical podcast and we really do enjoy it and we will see you on the range here soon uh, yeah thanks for having me it's been fun hey no problem thanks again all right, see ya. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, 
go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm gonna be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. The Gun Cleaners. Our solvent is, I think, second to none. Our lube is second to none. Their lube's heavier than water, which is just a huge thing. People don't really put a lot of thought into that, just how huge that is to have on your gun, especially if you can still carry. The gun cleaners. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, you're going to sweat a lot of the other lubes off. With ours, it'll stay there. The gun cleaners. And maintaining the quality of the process, the quality of the end result, is another and you guys are able to do both with the process that you have there order your supply of the lube and the solvent at www.theguncleaners.com thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the m-w tactical podcast remember a new podcast comes out every tuesday if you cannot wait for tuesday go and listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can't even purchase M-W Tactical Apparel. But please go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting and the realm of the 2A community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. <laughs>